Hi, I'm Kirsten Galloway, and welcome to the Actually I Can podcast. This is a podcast for when you want to be encouraged by hearing someone share a struggle or a challenge that they got through, and in the process, discovered that actually I can. These are conversations with friends that are just ordinary people, but they're living their lives in an extraordinary way. Welcome to episode two. My guest today is Ann Johansson. Anne is a very amazing friend. She's incredibly thoughtful and intentional. She's the type of friend who surprises you with random gifts of peonies and chocolate because she knows that those are two of your very favorite things. In our conversation, Anne talks about how she is contemplating her third act. Now, this is a term that's been coined to describe the life stage for women when they're becoming empty nesters, their kids are moving on, growing up. But I think that this concept actually applies to anyone who is moving into a new chapter in their life. So whether you're graduating from college, moving to a new city, or maybe changing careers, the things that Anne is learning and trying are things that a lot of us might try or think about trying as we create and shape what we think is our next act. I hope you enjoy it. Listen in. Hi, Anne. Hi. Welcome to Actually I Can podcast, episode number two. Wow. Um, we're sitting here at Anne's beautiful home on a gorgeous day. It's finally feeling like the quarantine might end and we might actually get to live our lives outdoors and not in our little homes anymore. And I just met Anne's dog for the first time, um, this gorgeous white white cream lab named London. London, yeah. And evidently she's in the teenager stage. She's a full eight months <laughs> and pushing some boundaries, but she's very a good combination of sweet and sassy. So we I laugh we love because her. um the her boys, Anne's boys are almost they're college and almost a senior in high school and so they didn't get a dog until now they're going to be empty nesters and they got their dog. That's right. She's our, she's our third child. <laughs> Which we'll, we'll probably talk about yeah, a little bit later in, in our topic of the day. Um, I've known Anne, like I said in the introduction, for over 10 years, 10 or 11 years, 12 maybe. Our boys, our younger boys, uh, have grown up together. So um, I'm just really thankful that Anne's doing this today because I know she's more of an introverted person and to do this takes a lot of courage so thank you mm -hmm. thank you well if i'm sure if you're listening to this you know kirsten and she's hard to say no to so <laughs> she in a good way won't let you off the hook yeah so <laughs> so thank you i just let's get it over with i did bring cookies <laughs> come on um bribery i'm not above bribery okay so the thing i wanted to talk to ann about because she brought it up to me a while ago and i thought it was so interesting is this notion of the third act. Can you describe kind of what that means? So I did not coin the term. Um, I started thinking about just what I would be doing after the, the boys fully left home and just poked around and actually came upon this book called The Third Act. Mm. And um, the, the quick description is just creating this life you want and I would probably add to that where you think the Lord wants you. 
after your first career and after full-time motherhood. So it's sort of, sort of that third period of time and actually statistically it could be the longest period of time, oh, chunk of time. I never thought about that. Yeah, and just what that looks like. So, I, so I've been thinking about it a lot and actually don't, I didn't find a lot of people I could talk to about with it, so. Mm -hmm. That's weird because when we have kids, we think the whole future is them. Mm -hmm. And we keep, people tell you, well, remember, you're gonna have a life after this. I mean, you're always a parent. You, of course, never stop worrying, loving, thinking about your kids, but when they're out of the house, then you have a new, a new mm -hmm. normal, a new opportunity. And um, I loved how, like when you were describing this, that you were really intentional about thinking on what that might be like some people just sort of, I think, just do the next thing, kind of keep going in their life, but don't really sit down to, to make a plan or to really consider where the Lord is leading them for that third act. So how did you do that? What are some of the things you did? Well, you know, and one thing I really struggled with, why am I, why is this like such a question for me and then everyone else I know like isn't pondering about, and like no one else is struggling yeah. with this, which I know people are, but, and I, I literally like looked through my contact list on my phone and I thought, okay, why is, you know, Julie not doing this? Why? And I, and the thing is a lot of women already have a part-time or full-time gig mm. going while they have kids. And then other people maybe were caretaking parents on a pretty big scale or already had grandkids mm. come along. Um, and then I think other people were really happy with, the lack of responsibility and the freedom. Like they were traveling a bunch or had a cabin that they were at a bunch. And so I thought, well, I'm like, <laughs> that is just not me. Mm -hmm. So it was helpful, I guess, to just think why, you know, I really, I had worked, I've worked a little bit part-time, but really nothing that I was passionate about. I did it around the family schedule and what worked mm -hmm. for everyone else. And it wasn't something I saw myself doing for many years to come. And your husband is very busy with his own business. So, you know, you, he's still got something to do every single day. Like his life, his third act is like an extension of his second or first or, right? I mean, you were a stay-at-home mom and you worked some part-time, but you didn't have that career that lasted after. No. Right. And I, I mean, this could be another podcast. I actually thought, why is this not a thing for men, maybe? Mm -hmm. And I don't want to, it's not black and white. Of course, there's some men that are doing more full-time parenting. Sure. But I actually think men are doing all the things all the time. Like, they're parenting, they're working, they're doing hobbies, they're volunteering, they're doing Bible studies. Like, it's all happening simultaneously and for women, maybe it is a little more compartmentalized. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. But I, I don't know. So one thing that Ann and I like to chat about is um, an the Enneagram. And wasn't that, that was kind of part of your exploration in this? And some people might not know what it is. Uh, can you describe it? I'm not probably, so the Enneagram is a personality assessment or like inventory, I guess, where you, similar to other personality, assessments and you are given a number based on your um, 
your personality. And then the cool thing about Enneagram is that it's not just like, okay, here's your number, now go be that. It's here's your number, here's some um, strengths that go with that, some weaknesses. And so it's actually a tool to help you figure out like why some things work for you, why other things don't, how you can maybe improve in some areas. And then also if you know your spouses or your children's or your friends Enneagram, then you can try to understand them from a different perspective. Wouldn't you, is that Mm -hmm. fair to say? Yeah, Yeah. that's good. Yeah, so how did that, like what was that all about? Well, so when I started thinking about this, um, it happened sort of at the same time when we were moving communities too so we were just moving cities maybe a half an hour away and like God confirmed that we should have moved many times over and we did it um, mainly to move high schools for Mm -hmm. our youngest so we have an older son that's in college younger son that is in in high school and we moved for him and know it was the right thing to do but this was all happening at the same time I'm trying to process what I'm gonna do with all this because there was just a lot more space in the day yeah and it was lonely and even though I it was sort of like this non-dramatic midlife crisis like I knew it I knew (laughs) it was gonna happen Uh my youngest was driving now Um, we moved schools that we had been to a school that we'd been to for you know 12 years we moved churches so all these things were changing at the same time and all of a sudden when we got to the new house and Cameron starting school again it just, and it was winter, mm. it just, um, I'm not a person that I would say gets down very often, and it was like a very long, lonely winter. Aww. So, I'm sorry. so <laughs> I just thought, what am I gonna do with this? I, I, I like to problem solve and just fix yeah. these things, and yeah. this was not something I like could wrap my head around very well. Yeah. So. I mean, I did a couple things, and the Enneagram was part of, I went, and, I went and met with a life coach, and I knew her from a connection with my, at my parents' church, and um, it was just like a three or four time thing, but it was really helpful to talk with her. And through that, we talked about the Enneagram a little bit, and just I'll just touch on that a little bit, because like you and I could talk about that for days. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm an Enneagram one, which is, Called the per- it's called the reformer, and it's a person that's um, like. I love your oneness. <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> it's the person that you're always trying to improve on things and make things right. <laughs> and there's good with that, but you know, when I the more I learned about that, and some of it was not new. I mean, I've done other personalities. You have too, other yeah. personality traits, but. Mm-hmm. It really, alongside with what I was thinking about, it really, I was just really stuck with the whole thing. Yeah. So she helped me just, first of all, just to process this, just to talk through with someone and have someone listen and ask really, really good questions, some of which I, of course, did not have answers to, was really helpful. Hmm. Um, two things she really that really were helpful for me, and the, so the life coaching, I don't know if people, if you've done life coaching, it starts from today and looks forward, whereas like a counselor or therapy tends to start in the past. Oh, interesting. So they're really different. It's not necessarily like a counselor. It's really someone that's helping you move from one place to another, but future 
So that's cool. And spoiler alert, like I don't have this figured out and she actually, like we didn't solve this problem yet. <laughs> but um, she, I mean, the one thing she asked me just with the move and all the change was, um, had I just given myself time to grieve over the loss? And I don't know why that like struck me. And I said, no, like I, I actually haven't done that. And change plus loss really equals grief. Wow, that's and, so interesting. Yeah. And so like you almost have to give your permi yourself permission to acknowledge that because it's like, well, this is just normal life, but it it's that's a hard time. Mm -hmm. So just to be able to think, you know what? I mean, obviously I still had friends. I still was going back to our old, you know, 30 minutes away and meeting people and seeing people. But new church, new school, really different scene of friends. Mm -hmm. um, it was kind of a grieving process. And so I just allowed myself to be sad and feel the sadness. And I think, I don't know, I grew up and I think this is still good parenting, but if we were sad or we were sort of down in the dumps about something, my parents would say, you know, like, we'd talk about things I was grateful about, or mm -hmm. I would write a note to someone and make, you know, so I can, somebody else that was struggling more than I was, or we would do something nice for someone else. And I think those are like, that's great parenting, it's good tactics. But sometimes, you know, it's okay to stay in the sadness a little bit and just feel it. Yeah. So that was really helpful. I mean, I don't, I don't think Satan wants us stuck in a state of loss. I don't. Yeah. He wants us to know what we don't have and, uh -huh. you know, yeah. not focused on what we have in Christ. But um, it was really, it was really good for me. So that was one thing. And then the second takeaway that was really good was she just gave me an assignment, which was to not do anything to solve the problem. For you, that's crazy, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, you're taskmaster. Yeah. So she <laughs> said, for three months, I want you, like one day every month, I did a day away and oh. did like a retreat and had specific things to think about and pray about. But, and I cannot tell you how freeing it was to just like table it in my mind for three months hmm. and just go, I'm not gonna fix this. I'm not gonna figure out what I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna join any new thing. Hmm. I'm just gonna see what God has for me. Wow, that's cool. So you did those things. So I did those things, I, I yep. And that was really helpful. Um, so that at, at the same time, we're, we've joined a new church, we're meeting some people it's a pretty big church, so that's still taking time. But at the same time that all this is going on, Kip is training. He's going to Nepal to train to go on a mission field and hike. So Kip is her husband, and mm -hmm. he is an Enneagram 7, yes. looking for the adventure. And um, so they're a great combination. And, and you're so good for him because you can support him in that way, and then he can keep you kind of doing new adventures. Yes. But this was when he went on his own, and that took courage for him, but it also took courage for you. I mean, Nepal, where, you know, who, who knows? Right. So he was doing this hard, really hard, I mean, hardest physical thing he's really ever done. And um, I decided 
I would do something hard physically too. Nothing like hiking the Himalayas. But um, <laughs> I decided I was going to join this running group and it's called Moms on the Run. There, It's in a bunch of suburbs all over the place. And so there's one right where we live and you meet up with women two or three times a week and basically train for whatever race you're doing. I was just training for a 5K because I was I had run in the past, but it's been a, it's been a long time. So I was starting kind of at ground zero. And I remember, so I, I joined up online and right the night I was supposed to go, I said to Cameron, our youngest son who's at home, I said, I, I'm not gonna go. I don't even care, it wasn't that much money. I'm not, I'm not going to go. And he said, well, I don't even understand. And I said, I don't know these women, A. I don't know how this is going to go, and I'm really bad at running. Like, this is just, I, this is the perfect storm of something I would not want to do. I don't, I like to feel capable. And, and he said, Mom, you have to just go at least one time. Ooh. And so he said, You're, it's going to be fine. Just go. Little role reversal. Yeah, it was. So I went, and the women—you know—it was maybe ten or twelve women, and they were super. I mean, lovely and all different ages, and really kind. And everybody was at, you know, different stages with running, even. And so, that was one kind of it was a step for fe of fear for me, just to step out and say, I'm going to do something that's totally out of my comfort zone. Do you think you would have done that three months before that, before you had this whole time to reflect and pray? Was that something you would have jumped into? Or did it take kind of that time to to kind of think about what you wanted to do? Well, I was really thinking, I mean, the way you meet friends is showing up at the same time at the same place over and over again. Mm -hmm. and sometimes having the same purpose. And so we, we get that with our kids with school, and we get that oh, at church, and right. that's, like, that's how you develop friends as an adult. Yeah. And so I thought, well, what can I do where I'm kind of doing that? I'm, I don't want to go to a coffee shop all the time. But, and so I was thinking about different groups and just kind of poking around, and then I, you know, it, I wanted to meet people in our city, so yeah. other women. That's so cool. Yeah. And are you still going? So I did it, I, I ran the 5K, and then I'm doing, I'm starting it again June 1st. Ah, mm -hmm. that's so cool. Yeah. Now you have a running buddy in the dog. It's fun, and you actually talk, I mean, there's time to talk, because you're running alongside people for a half an hour. Mm -hmm. And we even, you know, did a few things socially outside of class, which is fun. So it's not that they're necessarily my best friends, but I definitely... Mm -hmm. In meeting people mm -hmm. and, and it takes time mm -hmm. to really develop friendships right it does mm -hmm. um, what else did you do in the to figure out the third act I bet you read some stuff because Anna's a bigger eater well I mean I'm still so I'm still figuring out what this means and even the COVID thing has been telling I think because for me I just realized how much of a planner I am and how much I'm always sort of living in the future mm -hmm. and not just present day. So just having many things stripped away. I mean, you, you, mm -hmm. your family was the same way. You mm -hmm. have a lot of things stripped away and all of a sudden it's just like, here's the day the Lord gave me mm. and this is what I have. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. the, the puppy has helped us and I think COVID too has helped us really meet neighbors around us. Mm -hmm. 
in this new house. So, oh, that's so true. Yeah, because mm -hmm. there's a lot of dogs on the street. So mm -hmm. um, having a dog is an easy way to talk to a new a new person. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you feel like so one thing I've been thinking about is that now that we've been home with our families because they've had to come home from school or not go to school or whatever, that I feel a little spoiled. Like it's going to be hard for me, even though I want to get back into some of the things that I'm missing. I had to go through that all again, like the college student who now has been home for six months. Like what's that going to be like if mm -hmm. she goes back in the fall? I'm going to kind of grieve her mm -hmm. being gone again, I think. And it might be feel a little bit lonely at first. So maybe now you like have got some skills to deal with that or some a way of thinking about it differently than you would have otherwise. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm ready for... <laughs> <laughs> You're ready for that. Everyone, everyone <laughs> to, to go back. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But it's been good. It's been a good time. Um, so you've now been in this community for two years, I'm guessing, mm -hmm. right? Does it, how do you, like, looking back, how does it feel? Like, do you feel more part of it? I mean, obviously it's a work in progress, right? Like, you, it takes time, it takes repetition to get to know people, um, but it's got to feel a lot better than it did a year and a half, two years ago. Oh, definitely. I mean, we're more involved in our church, which is huge for us, and I have this running group and then I have actually another group of ladies that I work out with almost every morning at 820 during the week and it's kind of our 820 group and Aww. even during the stay at home and we obviously aren't meeting and doing that we have a zoom call every week and we have and it, and it's it's been good so I feel like I sort of have both communities now which is nice mm -hmm. but um, it's feeling like we're yeah definitely more of a part of things here that's cool. So obviously, as we look at this third act idea, mm -hmm. it's something that it's a journey. And I don't know that anybody ever figures it out, um, quote unquote, but yet you do things that give you joy and find purpose in the future. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel like, so when I say, oh, I have this, I, this, this, um, realization that actually I can you're kind of figuring actually I can work through this maybe I mean what would you say about that well yeah I know I was thinking about your title and at first it was like oh actually I can run a 5k but the oh, more yeah, I right but that actually isn't it <laughs> I mean the more I thought about it it it's more for me resting and not knowing and oh yeah just not having an answer and also doing things even if I even if I'm scared to do it and doing things I mean I'm sure you have this too where you sometimes just feel the nudging of the Holy Spirit about doing something or talking to someone and just walking into that even if it's not going to go well or even if it you know so it's more for me I think knowing that I can just live day to day and I don't have to have it figured out. Yeah. Actually, you can. Yeah. Figure, yeah, you can get through it. I mean, the Lord, it's really more about the Lord than whatever. My life is more about Him than it is what I'm doing. So mm -hmm. to have purpose out of that is better. And, yeah. And don't you think, I mean, He knows the goal. He can get us to that goal. 
but that he wants us to rely on him in the process, in the moments, in the ups and downs, yeah. Um, So I read this, this is a definition just of purpose, and I think like both you and I have a, I feel like we know the big picture already. I know what my, the greater purpose is, Mm -hmm. but it's sometimes that day-to-day, how we spend our days that Mm -hmm. is harder, at Mm -hmm. least for me. and this talks about, it says, purpose in itself is really more like those audio tours at museums. Without one, you may miss a few things, but you don't necessarily need one to get something out of the whole experience. So if a purpose eludes you at the moment, then it's okay just to appreciate the good stuff around you and see what you see. Attentiveness can reveal a purpose or be one unto itself. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's so, so good. I think... I mean, I want to, I don't want to be lazy with my time. I don't want to just not be with people or be steward, good, you know, be a good steward with my time, but to just not overthink it all too. Yeah. Isn't that true? Yep. Mm -hmm. And um, be available for whatever God has for that day or that that week or that month. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Anything else that you want to add? before we close? Well, I just, that that quote, and I'm sure you've heard this quote because it's really popular, but the Annie Dillard quote of how we spend our days is of course how we spend our lives. Mm. Just thinking about how it all does accumulate and you want to be, like I said, a good steward of time, money, talents. Um, And so I'm just still asking God for his purpose for me and then trying to listen to what he has for me. Mm. That's beautiful. I think this family is going to have a good dinner tonight because I think I can smell something cooking. Really? It still sounds delicious. So if you if you don't know Anne, she's also an amazing cook. She's had to write out umpteen recipe cards <laughs> for me over the years because I'm so not gifted in that area, but you are. You have so many gifts, and um, I really appreciate that. You took the time to do this today. I think it's really going to encourage people to have faith in not having an answer, like you said, and being finding a way to rest and not know, and doing things even if you're scared to do it. I think that is one of the things that, when, since you said that, I can think about a lot of examples of where I could do that, where I've done that, and it's been a huge blessing mm-hmm. to find out what actually can happen. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Anne. One thing she said really caught me. She was talking about the third act, and she said it is most likely the longest act of our lives, and that's something to think about. I hadn't realized that. Whether you're approaching the third act or just figuring out the verse. I think I would sum up our conversation with the comment that there is purpose in the process. As I would expect from my thoughtful Anne, I have a few awesome resources that are listed in the episode notes for you to check out. As always, thank you for spending some time with me today. And I hope that you find that actually you can. Hey, and before you go, I need to tell you that music that you heard, that is from the amazing and talented Lacey Canfield. She is one of my favorites. You can find her newest album called Dreaming in Color on iTunes. Also, If you enjoyed this podcast, I would so appreciate it if you would share it with a friend or leave a comment for me. 
As always, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I really hope that you too can find your actually I can moments.